Here is Ted DeCorsia in the Mickey's Belaine Mystery, Fat Hammer Guy. Grand Central is as crowded as a Glasgow department store on Tristdale Day. You're broken feeling it through the sardine packed to your train when you're intercepted by somebody's suitcase parked smack in your path and down you go. You sprawled out like a frog on a detective board. Oh, I'm sorry. The somebody who belongs to the suitcase is as slick as a European sports car. She's one of the few dames you've seen with that new short haircut who doesn't look like a refugee from an Italian movie. Well, I hope you didn't injure anything. Uh, just my dignity. I'm really sorry. Forget it. Those things happen. Well, if I could have gotten a red cap, it wouldn't have. I suppose I just have to manage myself. Now, wait a minute. Let me handle them for you. Oh, please. I, I don't want to trouble you. All my troubles should be like this. Uh, what train? The chief. Oh, my train, too. So it's no trouble at all. Well, it's very nice of you. Yeah, uh, let me take that one, too. Uh, no, thank you. I can manage it. But it's the biggest... No, really, as I said, I can't manage. And she does manage the big piece of luggage all the way to her compartment and with surprisingly little left. You figure this chick can take care of us off in the clinches. You also figure the trip to Chicago isn't going to be as dull as you expected. Thank you very much, Mr. My camera. And uh, so far, I only know you by the initials on your bag. And I can't go around calling you F.D., can I? The F is for Fane, the D for Dorado. Fane? It means holy. Fane, nice name. Oh, uh, by the way, my roommate is in the next car. Oh, that's nice. Did I say something wrong? Well, I have no objection. It's just that my husband might. Oh, Mrs. Dorado. Mm-hmm. My husband could be along any moment. He was late. I'm sorry. Well, uh, look, uh, maybe the three of us can uh, have a drink later in the club car. No, it would be better if we should meet again if you pretend you don't know me. Later, you're in the club car, putting your own personal brand on a couple of ponies of bourbon. There are some things about this dame that have made you as curious as a small-town gossip. First, that big grip she insisted on carrying herself. Second, the fact that she told you she was Mrs. Dorado and she was traveling with her spouse when the conductor told you she's Miss Dorado and she's traveling solo. The third thing is the swarthy, chunky guy in the gray snap rim hat. He's tailed you since you left Fane's compartment. And, except to, to order a drink, he hasn't taken his eye off. When the curiosity gets to itch like a rash, you go back to her compartment. Yeah? Is this Fane Dorado's compartment? Try right, what about it? Well, uh, is she here? She's here. Well, uh, I want to talk to her. Well, go ahead, talk. Huh? I'm Fane Dorado. You said you want to talk to me, so talk. For all you know, this dame could be Fane Dorado, but she sure isn't the one you helped, even though they could pass the sisters. Now your curiosity is itching more than ever. You start back for the club car to have a meet with a swarthy guy in a gray hat, but you only get as far as the platform... Every sound has a meaning all its own, and the crack of a gunshot has its own special meaning of disaster. When you get back to the compartment, you find the woman you talked to a minute ago. You find her sprawled out on the seat. This time, she has nothing to say. This time, she's dead. Now the twists start coming as fast as a souped-up jalopy. You can't find the swarthy guy. You can't locate the original Fane Dorado. When you get back to your roomette, that big grip of hers is on the chair. When you get it open, you find out... That it has nothing but paper in it, but paying paper, the currency of the realm. You don't have to count it, Mr. Hammer. It adds up to exactly uh, 100000 When you swing around, you come face to face with the first Fane Dorado and the nasty nickel-plated automatic she points at. I'm sure I don't have to warn you not to move. I guess so. 
considering the corpse in your compartment. Well, if you think I did it, you're wrong. You can't prove it by me. You're still by mistake. I'm the one who's supposed to be dead. They're after me. You arranged for her to take your place, is that it? Yes, but I didn't think they'd kill. I'm just playing for time. To uh, get away with this dough? That should be obvious now. It should also be obvious you're going to have a tough threading from here on in. Maybe impossible without help. Meaning? You've been around. You don't need a floor plan. Now, why should you help me? We're what you might call kindred souls. Two minds with but a single thought. The money. Like I said, you don't need a floor plan. And I can use 50% of that dough. Well, you're asking an awful lot. You don't figure a life is worth 50000 I guess this is no time to bargain. A deal? All right, a deal. I suppose you want to know where the money came from. Well, partners shouldn't keep secrets from each other, should they? I'm uh, sort of a traveling woman for the syndicate. My job is to make certain stops and deliver cash. For payoff? Yes, but the work started to bore me. And you figure there's no reason for all that money to go to other people. It could just as well be yours, you figure. One big killing in your sack. You come to the right conclusions quickly. Uh, how else would I get along? And after the big killing, it's going to be safe in sunny Mexico for you. How'd you know that? The Mexican visa in the grip. You get around. Like I said. I know. How else would you get along? You didn't tell me what your business is ordinarily. Ordinary business. Odd jobs here and there, depending on how much they interest. This uh, $50,000 caper is very interesting, I think. It can be more dangerous than interesting, Mr. Hammer. Well, every business is a gamble, I figure. And as long as we're in this business together, suppose you call me Mike and I'll call you Payne. Call me anything you like, just as long as we dissolve our business at the Mexican border. Anything else on your mind? Yeah. Now that we have a good understanding, uh, one more thing. Which is? Get that gun out of my face. Thing I got between us doesn't make for a very sound or trusting partnership. You're in it up to your ears, and you're staying in till the bottom line. There's a killer loose, and you figure he's not stopping until he gets that hundred thousand and same Dorado. And now you're added to it. The swarthy guy in the gray hat, the guy you pinpointed the killer, doesn't show up again. From Chicago, you and Fane fly to Brownsville, Texas. No sign of the swarthy guy at the Brownsville airport, either. But Fane is as jumpy as a gun-shy hound on a firing range. Mike, you're positive he didn't follow us here? Absolutely. But he could have. Look, will you stop worrying? We're okay. He couldn't have. Fane! Uh, Fane, honey. Well, of all the folks to run into in this little old corral. What? Now, don't tell me you don't remember old George. Uh... George Mitchell. None of the honey. Oh, long time no see. How many years has been? Oh, ten. Oh, you're looking prettier than ever. What you talk about a small world. Yeah. How's the family? Your brother Fred and your partner. Oh, they're fine, George. Just fine. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, a small world. Just happened to be here to see an old friend off, and who do I run into but you? Now, this gentleman couldn't be your husband, could he? Uh, no, George. This is Mike Hammer, business associate. Well, pleased to meet you, sir. Mighty pleased to meet you. Uh, thanks, Mr. Mitchell. Oh, just call me George. Everybody calls me George. Friendly status, Texas, about, you know, might have friendly in the union. Yeah, I've heard. Well, nice seeing you, George. We've got to be going. Going? We have a reservation at the hotel, and there's some business we have to take care of. <laughs> now, honey, there ain't no kind of business that can't wait. Well, this can't, can it, Mike? Oh, that's well, Now, you look now, here, Fainter. I don't know friend of mine is going to be holed up in any hotel room. No, sir, not while I got that big empty house of mine. But, George, no, I... No, but... Oh, we're only staying overnight. I got a house big enough to hold a rodeo in. So you're not betting down in any hotel, even for just one night. No, sir. It's very nice of you, George, but... Look, I want to show off to you, Fane, honey, and show you what a mistake you made ten years ago when you turned me down. Maybe you'll change your mind now, huh? <laughs> 
Just wait till you see that house of mine. Just you wait. Well, I'd really love to, George, but Mike wouldn't hear of it, I'm sure. Oh, Bane, you just don't turn down Texan hospitality. The reservation. Ah, don't you worry about that. George Mitchell will take care of everything. You just leave everything to old George. He knows how to handle things. I wouldn't bet against it. You sound like a guy who gets along. (laughs) Well, I gotta admit, I'm eating pretty regular. And you know how I did it, Bane, honey. You'd never guess. All right. That's how little old George did it all with fine art. You paint? <laughs> Me paint? Well, I can't even draw a straight line. I've got myself an art gallery five years ago, and it's the biggest in the Southwest now. You know anything about art, Mike? Well, you've got to see this here collection of mine. Maybe it ain't 57th Street, New York, but it's got a fast turnover, and that's what counts in any business, huh? Uh, every time. <laughs> oh, by the way, Fane, what's your line? Well... Uh, luggage, George. Fane and I are very much in luggage. <laughs> George Mitchell's joint is big, all right. All Texan and a hundred yards wide. You're surprised the floors aren't carpeted with wall-to-wall money. Like the rest of the place, your bed is king-sized and comfortable, but you can't enjoy the plushiness of it. You keep thinking about the thin slab other people might be sleeping on, people like that dame who was killed on the train, the dame sleeping permanently on a morgue slab. Early the next morning, you knock on Thane's door. When there's no answer, you walk in. She's not there. And you don't have to take a second look around to know that she didn't even sleep there. In, in just a moment, we'll return to the Mickey's Filet Mystery, Fast Hammer Guy. You go to his art gallery to wait for him and you browse around. Like everything else, the gallery itself is oversized. You're only there a couple of minutes when this guy fastens up to you. Now that, that is what I call a picture. He's gawking at a Renoir. Ain't she a beaut? She's all right. All right. You blind or something? Not when it comes to that picture over there. That Latrec character? Nothing. Well, like the man said, everybody do his own taste. That Latrec had taste in his mouth with those pictures of beat-up bags he all the time painted. No class, just dance. Dance all bimbos. Well, uh, how come you're such an expert? How come? Well, you know how it is. With some guys, it's living vows. With others, it's the bank tale. Me, I'm the sensitive type. My pals don't call me Van Gogh for nothing, you know. And uh, if the artists didn't paint women? They all paint dames, friend, the good ones. Only some of them really got the know-how. Such as Renoir. Such as. None of this modern Picasso stuff. All skin and bones and three heads. Give me the old-fashioned girls every time. The classic type. Every time. You gotta remember, taste like mine has to be cultivated. It don't grow on trees, you know. It just don't happen all by itself. You gotta get around, see things. You just remember that, friend. When he gives you that final piece of advice, you remember something, but not about art. You remember this guy. He isn't wearing any gray snap brim hat now, but he's the swarthy guy who tails you on the train. See any art annual, friend? You tail him when he walks out. He's standing on a corner waiting for a light to change. You're in the middle of the block getting set to cross over. You're just stepping off the curb when from out of nowhere this car comes at you like a shot after you. You jump back and scramble up on the sidewalk. You have the satisfaction of getting the plate number of the car. But when you look around, the swarthy guy is as scarce as an air conditioning salesman in a new car. You do a checkout on the license plate number. It's in the name of a Walter Hill. You go to the address on Beaumont Road. The car's in a garage in the rear of a dilapidated shack. The auto is a hot rod. The garage floor is lousy with tools. The red-headed guy is working on the motor, handling it like a mother handles a new baby. Your name Hill, Walter Hill? Yeah. 
I want to talk to you. Can't you say I'm busy? Come back some other time. I'm busy. You were even busier an hour ago downtown on an El Paso Boulevard. What are you talking about? I'm talking about your driving, your fast driving. Okay, so I drive fast. I like it. What's so wrong about that? It was too fast for my comfort. That's my hobby, cuz. Nothing I can't make a car do. You know, some people think cars are for when it's too far to walk. Look. Some people don't know what it means to get behind a wheel and really live. Man, that's something. You know, I mean, really something. Just to zip along. Is that something? But you weren't just zipping along. You were aiming. You know, you take one of these small jobs and really super up. Sixty-five in a second I can do on this cut down, Lizzie. <laughs> Man, talk about your living. I'm talking about dying. You were aiming to get me. Now tell me why. Tell me. Let go. Tell me. Let go, will you? I'm just a hot rodder. Town's loaded with them. Go bother one or the other. You bothered me. Now tell me who put you up to it. Look, mister, I, I didn't see you step off the curb. Not much, you didn't. You swung in from the other side of the street. Now, do you want to talk to me, or would you rather talk to the cops downtown? Okay. Okay. But if I tell you, you won't turn me in. I'll think about it. Let's have it. Well, this guy gave me ten bucks. What guy? I, I don't know his name. I, I just got his telephone number. I was supposed to call him when I finished his job. What's the phone number? Look, I got it right in my pocket. Here. This is a number, Hammer. This rod. Another kind of hot rod with six hot cylinders in it. And this time I'm not missing. You're doing this for dough. That guy with the car bugs got expenses. You think these tools don't cost an arm and a leg? You can afford to tell me who the guy is now. <laughs> what good will it do you to know now? You're a sucker, Hill. You don't have to pay the price tag on this one all by yourself. I'm not afraid to take chances. I get caught, that's my tough luck. But nobody's going to catch me anyway. It's going to look like another hit-and-run accident. You're going to get hit, and I'm going to run. Get in, Emma. You're doing the driving. I'll tell you where to go and when to stop. You slide in behind the wheel. <laughs> Man, am I going to have a ball? A hundred bucks. One hundred dollars. Now you know what you're worth on the open market. This is my best day. You're worse. Hill starts to get in next to you, but he doesn't make it. <laughs> he falls like a piece of cut string, and he's as lifeless. For a second, you don't know who to thank for your life. Then he comes around the side of the car. He wouldn't have enjoyed the ride anyway, Hammer. He's the guy who tells you on the train. The guy you talk to in the art gallery. The same swarthy guy, except for his manner of speech. Something bothering you? Well, I guess I shouldn't look a gift life in the mouth, but uh, the way you talk oh, now... Oh, that, that was just a pose for Fame Dorado and a friend. I discovered just a while ago, Hammer, that you really weren't one of those friends. Well, how come you know so much? I guess this potential card of mine will answer your question. Detective Sergeant Fred Gallick, Los Angeles. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've been on St. Dorado's tail ever since she made the request for the Mexican visa. Well, then you know the whole setup, who she's tied in with. Yeah, I know everything about her and the tie-in with the syndicate, but I don't know who killed that dame on the train. Well, the way I figure, Fane herself is the key to that. Yeah, but go locate the key now. Well, I know she could be over the border by this time. Oh, no, she isn't. I wish I could be that sure. You can. But you don't know where to locate her, do you? Wherever I am, that's where she'll turn up eventually. I guarantee it. You tell Fred Gallux you're going back to George Mitchell's house. He can reach you there. Mitchell's maid tells you that Mitchell hasn't come home yet. And that she hasn't seen Fane at all. So you go up to your room to do some waiting. The second you open the door, though, you know that you won't have any waiting to do. One more step, Mike, and I'll blow your brains out. <laughs> In just a moment, we'll return to the Mickey's Filet Mystery, Fat Hammer Guy. And now, back to the Mickey's Filet Mystery, Fat Hammer Guy. Just as you figured it, Fame Dorado came back to you. 
And even though that nickel-plated gun of hers is shoving its nose in your face, you'll give out with a big, broad smile. You'll be smiling on the other side of your face. You're right, honey. I figured you'd have caught up with me hours ago. Never mind the jokes. Just start digging, and you know what I want you to come up with. Gee, honest, you got me there. Stop stalling. I'm in a hurry. Let me have that visa. Oh, that. I'm waiting. The visa. Now, is that a way for partners to act you pointing a gun at me? It's just where it's going to stay until you hand over my visa. You don't think I'm chump enough to have it on me. Then where is it? Well, like all good investments, I put it in a safe place. And that's where it's staying, Payne, until I get my share of that dough. Well, partner, what do you say to that? What's that to say? Well, you can show your complete understanding by shoving that gun back in the bag. Satisfied? Couldn't be happier. You know, Mike, I gotta hand it to you. Oh, you will, honey. Every cent of my hat. That all you think about? Money. The gun didn't work. Nothing else will either. All right. Now, uh, let's have our board of directors meeting to discuss future business. Make it short. Well, it'll only take as long as it takes to put that 50000 in my pocket. You don't have to worry now. You'll get yours. Who's worried? I just want to know when we close the books on this corporation. Tonight, all right? Suits me. Where? And there's a warehouse downtown. I'll tell you how to get there in a minute. But you just make sure you bring that visa. Well, I'll bring it. But you remember your part of the deal. I wouldn't want to lose any of this newfound confidence in my part. Don't worry. You can count on me, partner. Ben Dorado gives you the directions of how to get to your meet with her at the warehouse. After she leaves Mitchell's house, a phone call comes in for you from Fred Gatton. Out of the Panhandle Hotel, room 456. Got something out of the branding iron. Get her as fast as you can make it. You rush over to the hotel to meet Fred Gallick, but you don't make it fast enough. By the time you get to his room, he's there all right, but sprawled out on the floor, an ugly slug hole in his back. When you roll his body over, you spot the pencil stub and matchbook cover clutched in his hand. On the inside of the cover, he'd managed to scrawl something. The writing is uneven and interrupted, but its meaning is clear enough. It makes you more itchy than ever for that payoff meet with Fane Dorado at that deserted warehouse. Come on in, Mike. Oh, I'm sorry I'm late. I hope you didn't worry too much about me. I knew you'd come. It's real nice when two partners understand each other like we do. Let's get out of business. Well, now, don't rush on my account. I'm not on your account. Anxious to get going to Mexico, huh? If you don't mind. Why should I? After all, this partnership of ours will be dissolved when we complete this deal. So let's complete it. Okay, but you know what they say about haste makes... You have the visa? Sure. Deal's a deal, isn't it? All right, then give it to me. Now, it's not that I don't trust you, honey, but there's that 50000 that's supposed to be handed over to me. I haven't got it. What? But it's here. Huh? She means I got it, Hammond. Oh. I got it right here in the suitcase. Mitchell. Life's full of little surprises, isn't it, Mike? Like I said, the airport's a small world. Huh? You insisted on holding out on my reason. Can you hate me for protecting my interest? I can kill you for it. Now, that gun looks real familiar, Fane. You know what they say, familiarity breeds contempt. Mitchell here is sure to find that out, too. <laughs> Don't worry your little old head about me. Walt Hill, you hired him to get me. He didn't, so I saved $100. And that gallery of yours. Just the front, Hammer. I know, for the syndicate. But Fane and me are through with the syndicate, aren't we, Fane? That's right, George. Fane and me, we're going into business for ourselves in a little old Mexico. If you make it across the border. Don't you worry about us. We'll make it. You may have to kill others. I don't think so. Just you, Hammond. Maybe you'll get away with it, but uh, killing a cop, that's a hard rap to beat. So you know about Gallic, huh? You're not the only one who gets around, Mitchell. Yeah, but you're through getting around. In a rap, Fane. That's absolutely right, George. Right. You see, Hammond? About that dame on the train. Still a small world. I was on that train, too. If the 
syndicate thought Fane was dead, it'd give us time to skip to Mexico. <laughs> Put a neat little plan, huh? You know what they say about the best laid plans of mice and men? I mean rats. Oh, no, is that a nice way to be talking about your ex-partner? Your ex-partner, too, George. Huh? You heard me, George. Stay right where you are. Ah, oh, faint, honey. What I'll you... make it fast, snappy, and unpleasant. <laughs> Life is full of surprises in such a small world, George. You just got to expect You me. shut up. I'm the one who gets the last laugh on both of you. Well, fast and snappy, I told you. I'm not splitting the money in that suitcase with anybody. I didn't go through all the trouble to give up any of it. Well, well what's the idea? The idea, George, is to leave you and Mike here. Well, now, Fane, don't be crazy. You won't get away with it. I'll try. I'll tell you that. I'll try. Well, I'll find you. You try this and I'll find you and I'll hound you down. A dead hound can't track anything down. <laughs> now, what's so funny? Well, the joke's on you, Fane, honey. I'm the one who gets a laugh laugh. You want to die laughing? Go ahead, well, laugh. It's almost worth it. Such a big joke, huh? <laughs> Money in that suitcase that couldn't get you a ride on a Mexican streetcar, all of it together. What? It's phony. Huh? Counterfeit. You're lying. Well, go ahead. Look for yourself. Not worth the paper it's printed on. I made the switch yesterday. I was going to meet you in Mexico City next week. Yeah? I wasn't ever going to meet you again. <laughs> now, I ask you, who's got the last laugh, huh? <laughs> you stop it. Stop it. I'll kill you just for laughing. Oh, no, you won't. You want that money too bad. You won't do nothing. <laughs> a real big joke, huh? Enjoy yourself while you can, Mitchell. Well, what's going to stop me now? Fred Garrett? What? Well, he's dead and you know it. In a way, he isn't. What are you talking about? I'm talking about that gun you're holding. Take my advice, drop it. Are you crazy? There are cops at every window. Oh, sure. There's one at that window behind you. Of course. You're right, that window there. To your left. Even though he was dying, Gallagher managed to scribble a note to me about your setup at the art gallery, Mitchell. It wasn't hard for me to put two and two together, so I fixed it for the cops to be here for this final business deal of ours. Now I ask you both, who's got the last laugh? 